0: Everybody, welcome to Save Your Sorry,
1: the podcast where you tell you about the rise and fall of a celebrity
0: and do some trash talking along the way.
1: She's got the look, Jose.
0: It's clobbering time. <laughs> it's Katrina Rochelle.
1: Before we start the main topic of this episode, Oh no. I must ask you, Katrina.
0: You must me a question
1: <laughs> Are you a liar? Have you ever had a lie get away from you?
0: Ooh, many a time. <laughs> I have unfortunately dabbled in some untruthfulness. Thank you. Dabbled in some deceit.
1: I wouldn't say I'm a liar per se, but I would say I'm not opposed to lying when it's in my favor.
0: The thing is, is that for real, for real, us and so many people are liars, but... Everybody knows that liar has a negative connotation. So don't know why you want to claim being a liar, but people will say, you know, I lie. You know, I've lied a couple times. You liar. I a few
1: stories in my day.
0: Exactly. But, you know, nobody wants to straight up be like, yes, my name is Katrina, the liar.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, people don't want to trust you, talk to you.
1: That is true. once that your credibility is ruined, uh-huh. that's all you have.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's why we have to lie. <laughs> we have to lie
1: about lying. Have
0: to lie about lie. I ain't never told a lie about it. ever laughing lie.
1: <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about some people who are pretty much labeled liars and their careers were ruined for it. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like a dog. I got so excited, my tail
0: started <laughs> wagging.
1: <laughs> and that is Rob and Fab. Do you know what musical group they are from? Who? Rob and Fab.
0: Rob and Fab. No, I I'm no, I'm stumped.
1: They are from the musical group Millie Vanilli.
0: I wanted to guess it but I was not sure. Damn
1: it. I have always heard of Millie Vanilli as a punchline to a joke. Yes. But I never really looked into them because they were before my time. You be much older what was your experience with them? <laughs> I'm so fucking done with you
0: already. Once again, you are older, first of all. Second of all, uh, I do remember them being very much a-, a punchline and being referenced in that way. I heard about the... Pre- I mean, I remember most, I think, of what the scandal was. So, yeah, I'm kind of familiar with it. But I- y'all got y'all let them get away with that shit, not me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> As of today, do you think... They ever recovered, or are they still that punchline?
0: Oh, they never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever recovered. I mean, they probably went on to still do great things and have success, but unfortunately, bottom line, came down to it, they were known as imposters.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if this would be a Justice 4 episode, because they did lie or let this lie get away from them, but there are more ingredients in this than we know of. Ooh, so let's start from scratch and find out the truth for this recipe of disaster. Millie Vanilli, as we know them, is two members. And when you think about them, you think of the very long hair, mm-hmm. the shoulder pads, two black men dancing around. Yes. But their names are not Millie nor Vanilli. They are Rob and Fab, Robert Pilatus and Fabrice Morvan. Rob was born June 8th, 1965, making him a Gemini. Ah,
0: he was already fake at the start.
1: (laughs) (laughs) His father was an American soldier, and his mother was a German exotic dancer.
0: You better say that there, girl.
1: (laughs) He was either born in New York or Germany, but I could not get an answer one way or another. It seems like half the articles that talk about his early life say New York, half say Germany, so I'm not sure which is accurate. Hmm, York, Or, if we know for sure, since his biological parents did end up putting him in an orphanage in Germany, so maybe it's lost. I don't know.
0: Oh, damn.
1: At age four, he was adopted by a family in Munich, Germany, and growing up, there was not a lot of black kids around, so he did get picked on by the other kids, who called him Kunta Kinte.
0: Well, goddamn! Talk (laughs) about that being your only frame of reference of a black person.
1: Yeah, he... He said they did not l- know about a bunch of Black people at that time. And he said it's not that he was kept away from Black people. It's just there wasn't a lot of them around. Uh-huh. He said he did learn about some Black writers in school, but it was Michael Jackson's fame when Robbers around 16 that made being Black a cool thing. Totally. And gave him the confidence and drive to want to be famous. When Robbers was a teenager, he started to do breakdancing and singing and... When he left his family home, that was his goal, to be a dancer or a singer and in 1987 he was a background singer with the group wind and was in a eurovision song contest in brussels the group ended up coming in second place i don't know why the gig didn't last long but it was very brief before that in 1984 he did win a break dancing competition and won a trip to new york also went to a dance seminar in los angeles and i don't really know what a dance seminar is but that is where he met fab
0: Have you ever seen that hilarious viral clip that white woman? It's
1: hip hop, <laughs> is that what you're talking about? That's
0: exactly what I imagined when you said dancing seminar. Then <laughs> <laughs> you wear your foot out like this. This is not hip hop. This is a little bit more hip hop.
1: It's all about the attitude. Maybe oh this was the eighties. That shit is hilarious to me with her little cut. Look at that fucking. <laughs>
0: Terrible pixie cut.
1: I wonder if she's still teaching. (laughs)
0: Let's pray she's not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now for the other member of Millie Vanilli, we have Fab. Fab was born May 14th, 1966 in Paris, France. His parents were originally from the Guadalupe Islands. Which I never heard of before, but it's right by the Dominican Republic. And from the pictures on the internet, it looks like a beautiful place. I'm sure it is. His father was an architect and his mother was a pharmacist. And Fab's original life goal was to be a trampoline athlete. And again, I don't know what that means.
0: Is it like those little artists who like do the flips and tricks on strings and shits, The acrobatics and all that? It just said trampoline athlete
1: athlete in his IMBD biography. So, I don't know.
0: I'm going to imagine it's that. Okay. That gives it more <laughs>
1: purpose and substance in my opinion. Yeah, I like how I'll try to think how can you make money off of jumping on trampoline? I know it's some way, but not my lifestyle. And oh, I'm so sure now you're
0: talking about different lifestyles.
1: Yeah, his lifestyle. <laughs> Those plants were squashed when he suffered a neck injury and his new goal was to become a musician. After they meet in Los Angeles, the two of them would separately move to Munich, Germany. Fab describes it as they knew of each other and were cool and were often compared to each other, but they were just in the same scene. But they did keep bumping into each other at first. Fab felt like he was intruding on his territory, on Rob's territory, since they were going after the same opportunities and the same girls. But they did eventually become friends. There was a slight language barrier. Rob spoke German, Fab spoke French. They didn't even speak the same language? No, they both knew English that they learned in school, and that's how they communicated. Okay. So Rob describes them becoming friends as something clicked between us. Maybe it's because we're both black people who grew up in foreign cities that don't have too many blacks. And maybe that's all it was to it. I mean, sometimes
0: that is the stuff that bonds you, that brings you together. It could you, be. you met somebody who, who is like, who looks like you, seems like you, comes from a different, but same background, similar background?
1: Yeah, it could be that, I mean, Rob was, in Rob's childhood that I saw, he had more more trouble fitting in, while Fab says it wasn't like that in Paris, like in Paris it was a lot of different kind of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And they
0: sell, At least they share the same interests, though. So they're probably
1: yeah. helped, too. So now they are friends. They are working as models, background singers, and DJs. But they are still struggling artists. They are living in the projects and government housing. They end up getting a meeting with music producer Frank Farrion. He saw them in a carnival singing, and he liked their look and the energy. So they would get invited to his studio. So Frank plays a demo to the song, Girl, You Know It's True which is like the the song they are known for. Yes. And Frank asked them, can you sing the song? And they say yes. And he's like, great, we have a show in a week, let's sign some contracts. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I also saw that he might've played them just an instrumental version with the vocals muted, but they thought they would later record a version with their vocals. but. By the time they came around the scene, the song was already done.
0: So by the time they signed their contracts, this was already a
1: single. It wasn't out yet, but, but it, was, it was planned to be. Yeah, and they were like, we gotta move fast. This song is hot. We gotta, like, ship it out. They just needed some faces. Exactly. Damn. So Rob and Fab are given a contract and a $4,000 advance, which in the grand scheme of things, 4000 ain't shit. But, you know, they were broke. 4000 can help a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and Frank is this music producer that can help their dreams of fame come true, so they leave without singing in the studio, but they do sign, and they use the money to enhance their style with they get hair extensions, so this extension the hair that we know them for they already had like I guess long hair, but they but got not, more, yeah, not the long hair we know them for, okay. And they buy new clothes that they thought would fit this image that they wanted to put out there. And the time comes where Frank is like, alright, we're ready for you. And they think they're going to record the song, but they are there to be in the music video. And the vocals have already been recorded. Rob and Fab claim at this point, they were like, hold up, we want to sing. But Frank is telling them, no, it's these vocals that are going to be used. And if they are going to back out the contract, they can, but they need to return in advance. And Rob and Fab don't have that money, so they agree to do music video and promote the promotion tour for the song with the intention and hope that one day they would be able to use their own vocals. <sighs> and those sequence of events I've heard rearranged depending on the source, either they start promoting it which shows first and then the music video or it's the music video and then the show and i'm pretty sure every singer out there has done a little lip singing in their career but it's usually to their own voice
0: i was saying and then a lip line
1: yeah (laughs) it's usually to their own voice if they have like you know concerts are long so sometimes they do it there or if they're outside or, you know, sometimes the sound is not right. Mm-hmm. Or you have artists like, I'm just gonna say Jennifer Lopez, cause she's the one who's mostly known for it. Mm-hmm, where,
0: under the bus.
1: <laughs> where they use background vocals for someone else. Like someone was on the demo and they leave them all there and it's to help their voice. Mm-hmm. But JLo's still on, you know, her voice is still on all her tracks. Yeah. Rob and Fabs are not on the song. Hmm. So the song is sang by Brad Howell, who sang the chorus, Charles Shaw who rapped, and Jody and Linda Rocco also had some vocals in there. Jody claims they were not allowed to be seen with or even talked to Rob and Fab, and in, in case something slipped up or word got out that they were actually singing. Linda, and she just refers to him as a producer, but she's talking about Frank Farian. She says the song was done before they even decided to go with Robin Fab, and he was showing her pictures of different guys, like, who has the best look, like, you know, trying to pick out the perfect face for this project. Uh huh. Brad was in his 40s, and he had already performed with some big names, like Tina Turner, Cher, Madonna, Janet Jackson and he didn't want to be in the spotlight and doing tours so he was okay taking the back seat. Frank called the duo Millie Vanelli, Millie was his girlfriend's nickname and Vanilli was to appear similar to the British band Diddy prettilly? pretty No, it's Pretty Polity.
0: I ain't never heard of those motherfuckers. Me
1: neither, so maybe they're just popular at that time. <laughs> It's also said that Milli Vanilli Vanilli means positive energy in Turkish, but that's not true. Or it's also been said that the name could have possibly come from a disco club that had shut down. And Rob would say in a Time article it was just a fantasy name. So there's been several different reasons why it's called Milli Vanilli, but... I don't really know if there's, like, it's. it doesn't really have any significance. June 25th, 1988, Girl You Know It's True is released, and it's a hit in Germany. So, Charles Shaw was paid $6,000 for the rap, which he thought was either a demo or a club track, and he didn't expect the song to become a big hit, so he started trying to tell the German media, that's not Robin Fab rapping, that's me. And Frank, the producer, reminded Charles he had a non-disclosure agreement, And he could not say he was the one rapping. And if he did, he would no longer be working with the studio. Charles would claim Frank threatened him on phone calls, which Frank denied. But either which way, Charles no longer worked on that album. So Frank was done working with Charles, but some damage had been done. Rob and Fab moved to London to avoid the allegations, but it follows them a little. So already we have the secret getting out that they're not singing on the track.
0: Yeah. I know I'm not giving you much, but it's just, I'm just like, there's so much blame to be had as well as so much sloppiness. (sighs) Like these, this producer and whoever his cohorts, Frank had this idea to defraud the music industry with this, uh, this song with this fake group, but didn't, it, he 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 didn't have everybody in on it, and that's the that's the, the confusing part. When you do something like this, you shouldn't have loose ends, aka people who are not knowing or familiar with the scam. You got Brad in there, you know, locked down. Charles don't know what the fuck is happening. He's just rapping on tape and sending it to whoever the fuck. And then you got Rob and Fab who are just like, yeah, do to do to do. <laughs> oh, not our vocals. Well, we spent the money. I don't want to try to work it back. Let's just keep on going, and hopefully people won't notice that if we get to sing, it'll be totally fucking different than what this is. It's just a lot of delusional sloppiness, fucked upness. I is it, I think. I mean, no offense. I feel like I, I know, of course, that Robin Fab are going to get shafted but let's 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 also see that you know they 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 had some chances to turn back
1: they did have some chances why not at this first instance confess to everything say yep yeah, it's us
0: it's already going out in fact charles should have should uh what is it uh fell on his swore A- after you got threatened to not work anymore and then you stopped getting work oh, i'm letting my gums flat for sure
1: i I think with Charles, it was more of... Because they do end up... I said they ended up moving to London to escape the allegations. Uh-huh. I think he was just, you know, saying this is me, and no one's really believing him at that point.
0: Exactly. I would have said, hey, Rob, Fab, shit's about to blow up. Y'all better get on this truth train before it leaves
1: station. woo <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it's... I feel like at first, Charles Shaw was okay with someone else getting credit for it. I don't know. Maybe he really did believe it was a demo. But yeah, I just, once it became such a big hit right now in Germany and other European countries.
0: I was going to also say, like, were they not wanting this to be a huge hit? Because the whole Brad situation, who's doing the background vocals or the main vocals of the fake group, doesn't want to be in the spotlight, but what happens when we're we're talking about like besides award show performances, we're talking about like private show performances, touring? Was you, were you always going to be in the background? That also seems implausible to me. Yeah, I just, I people were not. Like people were just for the money grub. Like they were just trying to hurry up and get was a money grab situation as fast as possible because this had no longevity.
1: I think they thought it was going to be a big hit, but not as big as it became
0: they really thought that they were gonna hide this dirt under a rug and that shit started turning into a big ass hump
1: (laughs) exactly so they robin faber asked about it during a radio interview and are even asked to sing live i didn't see how they responded but how hard is it to sing Girl, you know
0: it's true. I think it's pretty hard. I think you just demonstrated how hard it could be
1: <laughs> for one. Where they are singers for one.
0: But the sounding like okay, there's a difference between, of course, live and recorded, but there's also a huge difference between nacho voice in this recording. And if Let's you think take to- a, is is that on video? Should we take a,
1: a no second? this this one's not? I cannot Damn find it. this one. But I wish I could find it. One thing that you gotta think about is these guys, Rob and Fab, they have very thick accents. They can speak English, but it's very thick accents.
0: And even and when you have a thick accent, sometimes it doesn't come across when you sing.
1: That's but I true. feel
0: like their accents, which I have heard them talk before, I feel like you would definitely hear that in a song like Girl You Know
1: It's True. That is true. And as maybe Maybe not the singing part. I feel like singing's more easier to cover, but the wrapping part it doesn't really match. oh my gosh, what happened when he they did that? it I could not see like they got out of it like it was just a radio show, but so I don't know <laughs> what happened, Damn. But, but um, Fab would have this to say about the time period. quote, all of a sudden, it was like another world all the time. You want to tell somebody, but you can't. When you realize what you've done, it hits like a hammer.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel bad. Like, but the, you wrote this check that Jazz couldn't cash. Literally. Like, uh, yeah. Of course you thought. I don't know. And the thing is, is that they are young, but they're not that young. Like They're they twenty one
1: at this time. Yeah,
0: they didn't prey on teenagers, but they did prey on young men. Sir,
1: like we were young, we were poor, we were, you know, we wanted fame, and, and we I made think, a deal with the devil.
0: Exactly, and I think that's the key. It's not, you, oh fuck. Okay, so yes, these were bad business practices, and they did prey on these men. Yes, I, I fully believe that, but I also think. That reason is why they knew that this maybe wouldn't turn out right. They knew that this was an issue and it was very fraudulent that they were saying that these vocals were theirs, but they weren't. But they wanted that money and that fame so much that they decided to take that risk. Hoping it would come out good. Yeah. they. I feel like they couldn't have known that. The, I mean, I feel like they couldn't have thought this was all going to be great. I think that they felt like there was a risk and they weighed their old situation to what they were faced with right now and thought like this is the better situation, which I cannot blame them for. You know, you're going through money problems. You're struggling to get discovered. Why wouldn't you take this chance? But, you know, it starts to not be so you know, 80-20 on the record company side. I still think it's like a cool (laughs) 70-30.
1: Okay, so I was reading articles and there is some debate how much they were paid since we're talking about percentages. Frank Farian wrote a lot of the songs on the album, which is called All or Nothing when it's in Germany.
0: Not this executive being a songwriter too.
1: So he gets a percentage of that as well as you know more percentages because he's doing other things and it says there is on the album the german album mm-hmm. there is listed as vocalists they have nine vocalists listed on there robin's fab's name do not appear on the album at all just their pictures so they are there's some debate on the german one if they got royalties or not
0: i'm just still stuck on nine vocalists
1: Yeah, nine vocalists.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's
1: over the whole album, not just the song.
0: Well, yeah, Frank knew he had some cooking. Obviously didn't have the star power talent to put himself out there. You know, Brad apparently didn't want to put himself out there. I guess nobody else on the album label was good enough to be the front man, so... I just feel like they should have got some little models to do this knowingly. Or should have just let Rob and Fab in on the thing from the beginning to really decide. Like, full disclosure if they wanted to be a part of this fucking train wreck.
1: And, yeah, I guess there's also debate on there. Rob and Fab have always said they were not. Like, you know, they were kind of, in their opinion, taken advantage of.
0: Yeah, but so at one point they they were informed. They knew what they were doing and they decided to keep on going, but at one point what do you do? Like yeah, you say, the lie just
1: keeps going. It it gets away from you. So the album does come out on November 14th, 1988. Their second single Baby Don't Forget My Number is released December 12th, 1988. They also had Girl I'm Gonna Miss You and All or Nothing. Girl. Those are all I, I know they all have, to have girl in it. Those were all the German singles. When the album comes to the United States, it is renamed Girl. You know it's true because that's the popular song.
0: Mm-hmm. And girl, you know it's not true.
1: <laughs> and it's a hit. The name is not the only thing that has changed. Now it has Rob and Fab listed as vocals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it does. <laughs> because now the lie is even bigger, and yeah, now we have yep. to put them as the vocalist. It goes to number one in the United States and in Canada. July 21st, 1989, Millie Vanilli is performing for MTV during a concert, and they are doing what they do running around, doing flips. Mm-hmm. and They are very energetic. And then the track gets stuck and it's just, girl, you know, it's, girl, you know, it's over and over again. No!
0: <laughs> no! It was all that flip parkour action. <laughs> you skip the CD.
1: I don't know if Fab doesn't notice or if he is just going to write it out. But <laughs> I was watching that video and he just starts dancing to the beat.
0: There's we have to take a pause people there's something the i d- i have to see this one <laughs> Millie, vanilla, it's right there for me it said bitch here you go all right so listeners i just took a quick second break <laughs> to, <laughs> to watch that that crazy ass that was unfortunately hilarious but let's talk about positives i mean they were very ripped i mean they they knew they were really working out back then they were so they they were looking good in crop top tank tops uh (laughs) and that was the only positive you could say girl you know it's good (laughs) That's so funny. And you're right. This man is just dancing to the beat. <laughs> he was Ashley Simpson before Ashley Simpson. Oh
1: so, while, while Fab is dancing, Rob runs off the stage. Downtown, Julie Brown, the MTV host, run, oh ran, yes, she ran after Rob and convinces him to go back on stage. And either the audience didn't care, didn't notice, but they were able to finish their concert. Even if they did notice, I don't think they would have thought, oh, it's not their voice at all. Maybe was, they thought they were lip syncing, but not that it wasn't their voice.
0: Exactly. I was about to say, Rob is probably freaking the fuck out, devastated, running off stage, thinking they're going to discover their secret because he knows what the truth is. The audience just thinks these these motherfuckers was just dancing too much and obviously fucked up their lip syncing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they've obviously it, it's not p- as popular as it would be, but you know there were musical acts that did use tracks, like you said uh, during this day going forward, so yeah, I don't think the crowd was going to hold it against them, but I think Rob internally ran off because he was like, oh, what the
1: f- We've oh been my- found out
0: <laughs> Exactly, he's like, oh, shit's about to go down
1: Yeah, so it's not the end for them yet. Even though there were some signs, like the guys have the very thick accents like we talked about, which mm-hmm. some people do, but when they're singing and it does away. And now this stipping of the songs. But now someone pokes their head out again, and that is Charles Shaw. He's going around now to the American media saying, that's me on the song, they are not singing.
0: You were gonna say that. He said you can't kill me,
1: bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I pop right back up. He tells John Leland, a writer for the New York Newsday in December 1989, the truth. Frank Frarian, the producer, has said he paid Charles Shaw $150,000, and Charles does end up recanting his statement, saying he made it up for to promote his upcoming work.
0: Man, Charles, you give up so easily. If you got one fifty thousand, <laughs> I know you could have got double, and then I know you could have got triple. But okay.
1: So now we have the voices that don't seem to match, the concert fiasco, and Charles Shaw coming forward. Yet yeah, it's still not enough to extinguish the heat they are bringing. February twenty second, nineteen ninety, millie Vanilli wins the Grammy for Best New Artist. Mm hmm even though it's not their voice i'm telling girl you know it's true was really killing y'all
0: back in the day y'all <laughs> gave these people best new artists for girl you know it's true like it's a it's a it's a cool little song but it carried them to best new artists uh, and that's the united states history that should really be shameful <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was a different time.
0: It was a different time. Y'all were in a different era back then. I mean, look at us now, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, yeah. So, the story that is kind of playing out is they were duped into this, and then success happened, and they just went with it, and now they won this Grammy. But Rob had this to say on March 5th, 1990, in a Time article by Jay Cox called Two Scoops of Vanilli. And he said... Musically, we are more talented than any Bob Dylan. Musically, we are more talented than Paul McCartney. Mick Jagger, his lines are not clear. He don't know how he should produce a sound. I'm the new modern rock and roll. I'm the new Elvis. I'm
0: sorry, which one said this? Rob. The same little motherfucker who ran off stage? (laughs) Yes. Talk about getting too big for your britches. I say... This man said, "I'm not even gonna repeat that because it was all bullshit." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you had to step into that ego, that macho ness, like, like you, you, you ain't about to like diminish me or you know I'm great in my own right. But when you secretly know that you ain't recorded saying none of your shit, I do not understand how you would get so bold. I could not. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Say what you want about those other musicians, but they are singing their own songs. Exactly. You are.
0: Mick Jagger's lines don't make sense. <laughs> Motherfucker, you have no lines. Somebody wrote out and sang your lines.
1: He's saying that with his whole chest and he's not even singing.
0: Oh my gosh. Look at you making
1: me turn against these preyed upon I, men. I just, <laughs> I, I just want to say, like, it's. Because I do have sympathy for them, but then it makes me lose sympathy points because they're feeding us this shit and calling it caviar and it's maybe they weren't a hundred percent duped if they're talking like this.
0: Or maybe like, you know, Rob was in his feelings, like everybody keeps talking about Millie Vanilli, Millie Vanilli this, and he was really probably talking about, you know, Rob the musician artist was like you know, I'm better than the motherfuckers who are classic singers and performers, but he's saying it to Millie Vanilli because he's stuck in that cage. He cannot be the performer that he knows that is so great because he is acting as somebody he's not.
1: Fab would later say Roberts misquoted and taken out of context.
0: Well, which one is it, bro?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: But yeah, I think they was feeling themselves, you know, high on that success, and they forgot that it
1: was not their, not truly all their success. I I think that's what it is. They they got the Grammy, they're making all this money, and they're believing their own hype of I'm, I'm amazing. So how did they get exposed? Yes, the downfall. <laughs> because you know. They have this Grammy now, they've been taught lip-syncing, like, what's going to make them get exposed? And it was Frank Farian himself who came forward on November 14th, 1990.
0: You a bitch, Frank. (laughs) I hate that you're the one who actually came clean. You- holy- you-
1: I am too. I want to look into Frank a little bit more after I do this episode, see if there's anything else there.
0: You've been paying off people left and fucking right and now you want to come clean?
1: So a second album was made. The cinders from the first album were on it and it was all ready to come out. And the Millie Vanilli guys claimed they told their lawyers to put a hold on it because they wanted their voice on that album. They were tired of the fraud. And Frank was like, no. And he had this to say about that. Frank says, I made them rich. Rob and Fab, 3 million marks, 2.1 million from us. The record companies were very satisfied. The real singers also got rich. And Frank Farian got even richer. Only Rob Pilatus wanted much more. Frank goes on to say, I never heard such a bad singer in a black. Never in my career. Okay. (laughs) They wanted to sing. They wanted to write songs. It never happened. They went instead to discos (laughs) till 4 a.m. and slept all day. All they really did was party. Someone who lives like that can't make good music.
0: A bad voice and a black. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Why is this... Why is... Why are slightly racist remarks, unfortunately, a little funny?
1: and okay what's in
0: a black though he said all you blacks are so musical i'm so surprised i found one out of tune
1: (laughs) which kind of like you know i don't know how to look at it all the old articles from like the 1990s have him saying i never i never heard such a bad singer in a black never in my career but all the recent ones that have like retold the story just say, I have never heard a bad cinder, never in my career. They take out in a block. Isn't oh, that, why? Like, weird? You,
0: you afraid to say, you know, quote the man as literal as possible?
1: Is it? Yeah, that's like weird to me. Like, if that he is said weird. it, like, it. yeah.
0: I tell you, revisionist history, they tried to erase it. They tried to erase somebody's slightly racist marks because <laughs> they don't want to <laughs> deal with it. But here's the thing i do not care frank frank is mad because well, let's start at the beginning let's go back to the beginning of what you said frank supposedly saw these men perform at the beginning of it all you are the one who found these men and found them suitable enough to put them into this con so whether you knew that they didn't have the voices of the single you heard them perform and then so when the man year a couple three whatever years later wants to be on this song the new record you're like oh they can't sing oh they're terrible uh that's still your fault and i guess he's he he took he took control of it because he just blew the whole thing up he said no you're not getting on the album and i'm going to reveal all the secrets Uh uh-huh that's just so crazy and to blame it on them is crazy too like You fraud, you frauded, you know, you defrauded the whole music industry with this whole music act and got awards and got paid for it. And because the men just want to be validated as, you know, performers in their own right and wanted true credit, you just hated that. And you wanted to be the one to make sure that they didn't make another fucking dime off your invention.
1: It's until they were no longer obedient, and he couldn't control them. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to expose everything if you guys don't do as I say.
0: They were no more obedient blacks. So he was like, back to the field you go.
1: Frank says if he could do it over again, he'd have the original singers on stage, and just have the guys dance.
0: Suck my asshole, Frank. (laughs) Shut (laughs) up. If I could just do it again, I wish that you would break four ribs when you saw them and then they you couldn't reach and talk to them and then they walked away from you while you were wheezing on the floor and you had to get medical help so then you couldn't do this to no one <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Arista, their American record label, does it with dropping them. Okay Millie Vanilli would hold a press conference and I was watching it and it's just surreal. It's like a hundred reporters and they're just... Rob's doing most of the talking but... <laughs> At first, the reporters are just yelling out, like, which one's Millie? Which one's Vanilli? (laughs) And and, you you never
0: figured this out.
1: (laughs) And then he's like, I'm Rob. This is fab. But Rob's very much into talking. Um, They play a snippet at the beginning of their voice, and the reporters, like, their real voice. Uh. And the reporters are like, How do we know this is even new? And Rob's like, You can get it tested. You can. Go to, to science to get tested. They uh, were still they're,
0: too scared to sing out loud.
1: So they're yeah, they're saying sing live, sing live, sing live, and Rob tries to tell them the mics aren't right for this, and he tries to give a few excuses, but he does get pressured into it, and he sings a little and fabrups, and it's not horrible. And the journalist plot, and they offer to return their Grammy, and the Grammys do end up rescinding it, and it's the first and only Grammy to ever be taken back.
0: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't offer that bitch up. You won that shit fair and square. Um, it's not your voice, but it's it is what it is. You you very took that. I can't believe they rescinded it. Grammys have awarded so many more terrible people awards, and they they have those proudly displayed.
1: That is true.
0: Look up Millie Vanilli, press conference, real voice. Because why it did is... you think that you were not going to be able to sing live? I'll watch it later. It's too long.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a very long press conference. In 1991, a legal ruling required their record label to offer partial refunds to anyone who had purchased a Millie Vanilli <sighs> album or single who wanted it. <laughs>
0: I think that's a little too far, but also, like...
1: It was a class action suit, so, yeah.
0: It's hilarious as well, but it's, like, okay.
1: That's I mean, why, yeah. because it's hilarious to think about this, like how angry people are doing. But at the same time, these guys are getting shamed pretty badly. Yeah,
0: like, they're acting like this is a huge, like, this is an assassination.
1: assassination. <laughs> really, that's how they're treating it.
0: But at the end of the day, it's like, if you cover up the album cover, you bought the music, you like the music, like, calm the fuck down. But then again, who am I to be policing what people
1: get mad at? Also, in 1991, Rob and Fab tried to get in on the joke by appearing in a Carefree Chewing Gum commercial where they are lip syncing to an opera song and then it shows it's like on a record player and it starts scratching and skipping uh, in December 1991, Rob attempts to take his own life. Damn. He had taken prescription antidepressants, and it says he dangled from his ninth floor balcony and called 911, saying, I've had enough. I didn't want to hurt anyone. I just wanted a little recognition. He also said his family in Germany were being harassed. Police were able to get him off the ledge, and he was placed in a 72 hour hold. It was reported that he had sloshed his wrist, but a spokesperson would later say he had just bruised his wrist, and the incident happened after he mixed alcohol with new medicine. So it's obviously dating to him.
0: Yeah, that's so unfortunate and sad. Uh, the thing about this uh, is it has far reaching consequences once it gets blown up because, you know, just like then nat- like them dealing with this nat- uh, back in the day to now, when you go viral, it-, it reaches your family, your friends, anybody who is close to you. Uh, if they don't like the what you're doing or who you are, they don't just get to you. They, they harass anybody who is associated with you.
1: Which is so fucking absurd.
0: Of course, but that's how um, insanely humans think. They know that, you know, hey, if I can get a response from you, I know what would get a response from you. Me fucking up your personal life and harassing the people who you love or care about.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's true. So but my mama will cuss your
0: ass out online, <laughs> on the phone, email, DMs. So I'm not really tripping if that ever happened to me. <laughs> like everybody just gonna cuss you out or ignore you.
1: <laughs> so the second the second album did come out called The Moment of Truth. And it, <gasps> no, it, was, by, it was by the real Millie Vanilli. That's what they were called. The real Millie Vanilli. And Robin Fab had nothing to do with that. They were no longer allowed to use that name. The album flopped.
0: I'm dead at them calling it the moment of truth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it was called something else at first, and they changed it to that.
0: That's just so brazen and assholey.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, the record was already done, so, you know, Frank was going to put it out there.
0: But the name wasn't in stone. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: No, and, and we ain't acting like they don't know the actual truth. This is literally <laughs> not the moment of truth.
1: So Robin Fab tried to release their own album in nineteen ninety three called Robin Fab, mm-hmm. and that album only sold two thousand copies, Ooh. which I saw was less than one percent of what their other album sold. So their career was ruined. They were a joke. In 1996, robbers charged with assault, vandalism, and attempted robbery. And these are three different incidents. Robbers accused of attacking a man with a metal base of a lamp, attacking another man who accused him of stealing his watch, and trying to break into a car, and then attacking the car's owner.
0: Okay. Things are not going well.
1: Now, it is also reported that while both Rob and Fab used drugs during their heyday on tour. But now, Fab was clean, but Rob is still struggling with drugs. It is reported Rob had been in and out of 10 rehabs without being able to get a hold of his addiction. And, funny enough, Rob and Fab would reconcile with Frank Farion in 1997.
0: It better be with some fucking money, or at his funeral.
1: They would... <laughs> They would start working on an album called Back in Attack. I'm not for sure Fab was involved. In 1997, Fab said he no longer was in contact with Rob, but a lot of articles said Millie Vanilli was working with Frank again. But I don't know if they were just like using that name just hmm. for Rob or if it was both of them. Okay. But which is crazy to me because Frank, for all those years, is saying, They can't sink, and now he wants to use them again. I can see why Rob and Fab would want to work with him, because it's kind of more of the devil you know type of situation.
0: Well, yeah, I do get that then.
1: The timeline is overlapping, so Rob was sentenced to three months in jail for the assault and six months in rehab. It is alleged that Frank paid for the rehab. Millie Vanilli would finish the album, but it would never be released, sadly, on April 2nd, 1998. Rob died of an accidental overdose in his oh. hotel room just days before they were going to start a promotional tour of the new album. That album is all done, but it has never been released. Fab would have this to say, the only disgrace is how Rob died. All alone, destroyed from the rapid rise, and then sudden fall. Which is true. I, I, I truly believe that, you know, he died of an accidental overdose, but it was this this fame that kind of killed him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it's like, great, Frank. You tried to work with him years and years and years later, but they went through a lot of what they went through due to your actions. Of course, their own they They made decisions as, as themselves, as adult men, but Frank put a lot of this in motion. So paying for rehab that one time sure, at least you can do, but to be reinvolved with them and to not, like, I don't know. I feel like he could have maybe done more, got involved sooner, but...
1: <sighs> if I don't the, think he got involved th- out of the kindness of his heart. I think there was more, like,
0: it was seen as a money grab.
1: Yeah, let's see what this these guys can yeah. get me.
0: That's all I'm saying. I, I mean, it's the least he could have done to try to revolve uh, re- uh, re- revive them, but it, it, of course, it didn't work out, and it's just unfortunate with the demons that plagued Rob, especially, and with you know the drug use and all that that it, he just wasn't able to come through it all.
1: But and yeah, forward. I definitely
0: think Frank and the rest of them have like a maybe not the biggest. Uh, biggest share of blame in his death, but, you know, that, that, that past accounts for something.
1: It does, and I, that's why I try, I feel, I have sympathy for the two guys, Rob and Fab, and then I don't, but, you know, it doesn't, he shouldn't have been harassed to the point where he was trying to kill himself in earlier, and then getting hooked on drugs i'm sure that had something to do with the harassment and the fame and, mm-hmm. it, and it kind of like numbing. tore him up yeah and for fab he has never reached the success he had with Melly vanelli but he still tours and makes a living that way so uh, it it kind of worked out for fab he he'll never be as big as he was with Melly vanelli but he can still make somewhat of a career
0: yeah i and- think that's the best type of happy ending because he might not be as famous, but he has piece that he's performing as himself.
1: When they first started like showing their real voice in the '90s, it was a little rough, but you could mm-hmm. tell like they could probably see if it was worked on. Mm-hmm. And now his voice—it sounds good singing the song. That's great. If it is his voice, it's <laughs> conspiracy. But it's it's still in my like it's still in my head, but
0: I feel so bad about Rob just because, and that's who we started the story with. Uh-huh. But I, I am happy, you know, that Fab has some success and, that is, and, and, and does still get to do music, which is what he wanted to do at the start of all this, despite the motherfuckers just coming in and making all this a left turn. Yeah, it's,
1: I feel like when we think about Milli Vanilli, we kind of think it was just them pulling mm-hmm. the wool over people's eyes and lip-syncing, but it's... There's more people behind this. And I I guess it's kind of like a Miss Cleo situation where she's not the only one to blame. They weren't the only ones to blame. There's bigger forces behind them.
0: Yeah, I think it's a half and half thing. I think it's half of the people, like you say, think that this is just a whole Robin fab thing that they made up and conjured up. And I think the other half of us know that there were other people behind the scenes who orchestrated, or, uh, yeah, orchestrated this. But... Uh, they're not the face of this. Millie Vanilli is, and so they're the scapegoats.
1: Yeah, that's always how it's gonna work out when once your face is out there, you're the other one people are to blame and harass. <sighs> but that is our episode. Do you have anything else to add about Millie Vanilli?
0: No. Uh at the end of it I just feel so bad. But fuck I, forever, even if they're motherfucking dead. <laughs> I mean what, what the I fuck is I think he a is dead by now, but oh alright, nope. <laughs>
1: Let's see, Frank, Frank, Frank. No, is Frank still alive? Oh my goodness. He's 81, he's still alive.
0: Evil lives long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's still alive.
0: This motherfucker is signing the elderly to deals right now.
1: We do like to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media we want to recommend discuss explore talk about should you go first or should i go first
0: uh you should i actually was not even though i knew you were ending i it came out of nowhere for me so yeah you go first
1: (laughs) okay okay where i do have a email from trisha so she says jose up just Jose.
0: <laughs> oh, damn. No. Okay, fuck that. She, I take my she, noise back.
1: That that was me misreading. She said, oh. hey, Jose and Katrina. Hey. Like always, I want to join in on sharing my media. This week yeah. it's two Beyonce songs. X, O, and Heaven. Two different types of songs, but it's Beyonce. So I also love the new book club episode. I can't wait for the next one. Stay fabulous.
0: One of those is a very bright song, and the other one cuts me deep.
1: I always forget about Exo, which is so weird, because Beyoncé's self-titled album is like my favorite album of hers. Mm-hmm. How are you forgetting Exo? I think when it first came out, I loved it so much that I kind of overplayed it, so now I usually skip it, even though oh. I love it. <laughs> And Heaven's well, a great song.
0: Yes, uh, I love both of these songs. They're not my favorite songs on um, self-titled, but they are good. Um, I don't listen to Heaven. I think I I can count on one hand how many times I've listened to Heaven because it makes me cry. Really? It really does. Um, so I don't listen to Heaven a lot. And I do like EXO. But EXO isn't the first song I go to when I go to uh, self-titled,
1: so. What song is your favorite on her self-titled album?
0: Self-titled.
1: I know mine off. It's probably my favorite Beyonce song, so it's easy.
0: (sighs) You know, let me be fully informed. Just, Just before I reach out here to the masses and bear my soul... And break it. <laughs> uh, Okay, right here, Beyonce. I feel like I've switched a lot. I think it is, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's mine. Really? Mine is my favorite, you know. <clears throat> and then to round it out, I still love Haunted. And I still like No Angel.
1: I think mine would have to be Jealous is like my all-time favorite Beyonce song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then now Angel and Blow are a close second. And if I'm drinking, Drunken Love is just up there.
0: Oh, yeah. Drunken Love is just a vibe. Uh huh. Blow is a good one, too. But I feel like even though I love that song, I can't listen to it all the time. No? Not to, not, not, yeah, not every. I don't know.
1: Well, that makes sense because we kind of said that about the album Renaissance. And I saw a lot of people saying, like, when Renaissance came out, like the people that love the song Blow are loving Renaissance right now.
0: Yes, I did see that, and I was like, "Yes, I do love Renaissance," but yes, there's a there's a time and place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I that's think that's great. my favorite album, though, but Beyonce's.
0: I'm still undecided, probably with Lemonade. <sighs> I, am
1: too, I really I, do
0: love Lemonade, and I really love Four.
1: See, I love Lemonade. For B-Day. B- no. No, not B-Day. Not Resetment. B-Day B- is, B- is a great. Ring the alarm.
0: What I will say is B-Day is a get great me album. It has a great hit. But as personal favorites, like C- Katrina's top Beyonce songs. Deja Vu. I mean, Green Greenlight. Upgrade I love you. Kitty Cat. Upgrade. Yes. <laughs> All those. I love them.
1: I always think I have a favorite Beyonce song album until I like start listing the songs. I'm like, no, maybe this one's my favorite. <laughs> but
0: yeah, it's just not my personal favorite. I know it's not ever going to be my personal favorite.
1: It's up there for me.
0: Same with the first one, Dangerously in Love. Great hits. It'll never be my favorite Beyonce album.
1: I'm okay saying Dangerously in Love is my least favorite Beyonce album.
0: I think it's okay to say that yeah she's gotten so much better since then yeah
1: Thank
0: and it's you. still good i agree so um what is your uh, media today
1: you know what you want to know something what i'm just going to pick a media of random oh okay so my media today is and i read these books when i was a child It's, I believe his name is Jack Dantos. Okay. He had the Joey Pigza books. Now, Joey (laughs) Pigza. I remember, I actually recently bought all his books. So I have like all five of the books in the series because for the longest time I could not remember what the books were called. I'm like, I remember them. And like, I put on Reddit, like, this is what it's about. Someone helped me and someone finally helped me. Um, But it's about his parents are divorced and he gets dropped off with his dad. Mm -hmm. And his dad is an alcoholic. I believe he's an alcoholic. I could be getting some things wrong because I have not reread them. But his dad's an alcoholic. And at first everything's cool but Joey Pigza has 80 like either ADD or ADHD and he needs medicine that like helps keep him calm and his dad's like you don't need that and he like um puts his pills down the drain and he's like see all you need to do is like be like think you're okay and you're okay And he knows like that's not right he should call his mom but he doesn't want his mom to worry and He knows his dad shouldn't be drinking but he doesn't want his mom to worry. And it was really interesting reading this as a kid because they are kid books and I felt like, whoa, what am I reading? (laughs) Because, you know, it's very adult things for kids. Like, a dad who's drinking, like, oh, like, you know, that's something that's not always discussed in children's books and Having a child who needs to take medicine is not discussed. So when I was exactly. in elementary school reading these, I was like, oh my goodness. But there is Joey Pizza. They all have like funny names. Like Joey Pizza swallowed the key. Joey Pizza loses control. <clears throat> what would Joey do? I am not Joey Pizza. And the key that swallowed Joey Pizza. And I remember his grandma is in there too, and she was like she was like just you wait tomorrow i'm gonna die and then his grandma doesn't die and she's like oh i'm gonna die soon (laughs) (laughs) and it's like why does his grandma keep telling him that's because she's like old and she like believes she's gonna die but i don't know i don't remember shit does end up dying
0: i was just about to say i thought (laughs) you were about to end that
1: when she really ended up dying (laughs) i don't remember but i have recently bought a lot of books that Either I read when I was a kid or wanted to read when I was a kid. And I just want to reread them.
0: That's smart. I've always thought about buying some of my childhood books to just have them. Yeah. I still I haven't bought... followed through on that, though.
1: Or well, I was going to do the podcast where I, you know, read them. And we actually recorded an episode, but it's like the Lost podcast. I I've, re- I've recorded a few episodes of it, but I just never have time. I love it. I love that you have a lost podcast. I do because we have what what was it? The Western Games.
0: Yeah, West- I hate that episode.
1: <laughs> I love that episode.
0: Oh, really I love that episode.
1: <laughs> Cuz it's, it's not a Savior Sorry episode. It's my lost podcast episode. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> oh my goodness. How how do you hate that episode? I just hate how
0: I I hate that I let it and I just don't like how I sounded in it. That's me all the time. I tell you that all the time.
1: It was a podcast. Not a podcast. It was a book from your childhood. It was so great. Exactly. But, yeah, that was my podcast idea. Like, not to plug my lost podcast, but... Plug it in. (laughs) Plug it in. It was rereading childhood books that we read as adults, and I thought that would be very interesting. It's all right. We plug it so if any of you
0: motherfuckers steal it, we just know who... Came
1: here, yeah. Hashtag TM. If you do it, my lawyer Sean Holly will be seeing you.
0: <laughs> Sean Holly will have some fucking words for you. All right, all right, but that's my media. Oh, okay, so I guess it's my turn.
1: Well, I can keep talking if you want, I could talk about Joey Pitts all day.
0: Keep going. Um, so mine is, of course, a, a, some music because I don't like, I don't want to de- dive into any of my books yet anymore. So that was the chair. If y'all heard that for real,
1: mm-hmm. the chair, <laughs> ah, <I could> do- <laughs> <laughs> that mm, Sure, me, can.
0: A, that reminds me, a scary movie through. And the fair sat down and is like. Oh, that was the chair. It latiffa is down there Yes, the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch that one. It's not that bad. Um, oh yeah so my my media is the song, "No Ordinary Love" by Shaw Zay. now, um, I've probably talked about Shaday before, and I've probably even talked about the fact that I got my Musical tastes rounded out from uh, my grandparents, my grandmother and my mother specifically uh, with other other people sprinkled in. But um, I, whereas I always loved R&B and soul and Sade kind of fits into that a little bit. Um, I feel like I would have discovered some of those artists eventually, maybe if I would have kept going down that road. But I feel like the type of artist that Shadé is I would have never, ever discovered her or found out about her unless I heard my mother listening to her, which she did. She always bought all her albums when she came out. Um, I mean, I'm talking about CDs. And before that, I'm talking about cassette tapes. I, You know, we had cassette tapes. I know for a fact, because I know my mother had Jill Scott's first album on cassette tape.
1: Like a single.
0: <laughs> I like that. Um, and I picked the song No Ordinary Love specifically because I think this is one of her more famous songs. I think uh, the, f- more, the most famous one is Sweetest Taboo. Um, even though that's a good song, it's just not my favorite. I think it's kind of gotten overplayed, unfortunately. But No Ordinary Love is just a very soft, beautiful song. Um, so much so that sometimes, shit, you you come to the end. Like, damn, I didn't even know we was ending this replay. But, you know, it's about having this not, this love that is not ordinary like these other motherfuckers out here who are ordinary. Ew. You know? I'm giving you my love. I'm loving you. And you ain't going to try to love me? This ain't no ordinary love, motherfucker. Something like that.
1: (laughs) I just love that. I... (laughs) One of my twenty twenty-three goals is to finally get into Sade.
0: Sade is a beautiful singer, a beautiful person, and a beautiful performer. She is great. Um if you if you start with the classics, then you'll listening to her B-sides is nothing. She's great.
1: Yeah, I've always said like I've only heard of her through Queen Herbie and I just I just like the vibe. Trust me, she's a vibe. Light some candles. You could even be playing
0: something in the background. She's it's it's just good music to have or listen to. Love it.
1: Thank you but for yeah.
0: sharing. That is mine. Short and sweet and petite like me.
1: Ew. <laughs> Love that. Dear No. Let's let's just go.
0: What was you about to say something? I, I was just
1: gonna insult you.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're you're you the have. Original, i you in your divisional area. I yeah, love that it. you could be I so delusional. It. You know big-ums. <laughs> I forgot
0: about bigums. <laughs> I forgot about bigums. Oh, my gosh. Remember back in the day I used to say I was going to be B&H? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't even say
0: it. I'm not going to say yeah. it. I just want them to think about what that could possibly mean.
1: I don't. Yeah. <sighs> but thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate us five stars. Every time we do someone bid, we get a one star, and we just got a one star. And I know it's because of our Chris Brown episode. So please, hey, rate us five stars. <laughs> I didn't like what we said about that man on the flow Be- because it's. I get like we're not for everybody. But if you just leave a one star in a review after we do some of it, that's just like my conclusion.
0: You know, I think it's lazy, okay? If you want to give us a one star, tell us. Alright? Tell yeah. us you fucking hate us. Tell us we're fucking uninformed fucking gutless
1: monsters. Get off your ass and work.
0: Nobody wants to fucking work now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true.
0: Um, I fucking hate Courtney. <laughs> I will never like Courtney just for that ad lib. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if so <you> were, true <laughs>
0: Bitch, it's not
1: <laughs> If you were to reach out to us Please Send us an email At sorry at gmail.com Our Instagram is savior It's about just like the podcast Our Twitter is saviorsorry your That yours is about you are And we have made an announcement That we will be releasing episodes On Sundays now
0: Yes, we're With- disrupting the Lord's day
1: I don't like that you said that. I don't.
0: <laughs> then just say it. Start the sentence again and say what you want.
1: No, you can be blasphemous.
0: I mean, I've always tried to be.
1: <laughs> but save your sorry Sundays now, not save your sorry Saturdays. We'll see how it works for us. But thank you it's so gonna much. It's going to work. It's going to work. It just gives us so much more time to edit. And a more edited podcast is a better podcast. Mm, mm. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been wonderful. Bye.